Welcome, and thank you for joining with us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As Associate Pastor Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. All right, so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 39 uh, this evening. And it's been my turn. I started this a few months ago on Wednesday nights. I've been talking about the life of Joseph. And I'm going to continue doing that this evening, uh, talking about Joseph, what was going on. But now we're kind of pinpointing on some different things that happened to him, some different things that he learned. And we're going to talk about uh, tonight about how, and one of the things I admire about Joseph, and it's often said that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. And uh, isn't it just amazing to think that your testimony would be, well, the Lord was with you. I, will, I would love someone to look at me, boy, the Lord is with that guy. The Lord is with that, that woman. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to have that testimony to where people say, wow, there's something about that person. There's some, something about them. And, and uh, the Lord was with uh, Joseph, no matter whether he was with the heathen or with his own family, there was something evident about Joseph. And I guess there's no doubt in all of our lives, when we've, when we've even asked ourselves, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? I'm not going to be like, like any Elijah out there in the Mount uh, fighting all the prophets of Baal as I, I listened to them uh, this morning coming, uh, heading, heading drive back home. I uh, was listening to the Bible on and uh, I was listening as they talked about it. And I just love Elijah up there, just letting him have it. What's your God? Is he sleeping? Is he away on vacation? Can he hear anymore? I, I just love and I'm, I'm just thinking about him as I'm listening to this, uh, uh, reading over this and whatever. And, uh, and uh, I'm not saying we, you and I are like that. But have there been times where we say, where is the Lord? I'll be real personal back in, in uh, 1995 when we were pastoring that little startup church over there in Harrisburg, and, and uh, I felt it was of the Lord that we resigned, not try to keep it going. It was kind of a, uh, for many reasons, kind of not going anywhere. It was a brand new start. It wasn't like we were going to be giving up a whole lot. But uh, I got to tell you, for a few weeks after that, I said, where is the Lord? Because I thought for sure he sent us there to do something, and it just seemed like it just never really came to pass. And you say to yourself, where is the Lord? I hope you realize tonight that God is real. And even though you don't see it, I think uh, uh, even though you don't see what's happening, he's guiding you and protecting you and preparing for what may be coming down the road, maybe even years down the road, not tomorrow. I got to thank the Lord for the Lord's protection. He's coming back, uh, headed back uh, last evening, headed back this way, get back here, and, uh, and I'm just... On the highway, cruising along, it was dry, it wasn't raining, still, still just outside Pittsburgh. And I'm going to tell you, uh, this car came flying up the left side of me. And next thing I know, I caught him like he was right in my bumper, front bumper. I've never seen a car so close, and I was going too fast. To, I, I'm not a NASCAR driver, by the way. But I thought I was a NASCAR, but that guy, he, what, and the problem was he was trying to get off the exit. You ever been there? 
and I caught, I just, I didn't see him, they got by right here, and he was going so fast, because he was trying to get in front of me, get over, and he just cut right over me, so whew, I hit the, turned the cruise off, and slowed down, and saw him try to go over, he still missed the exit, so I laughed at him, and, uh, <clears throat> and then when I got my heart back in place, I said, man, thank the Lord, nothing happened, right, I didn't get in a wreck, I didn't really feel anything with the truck or anything, I felt like I was okay, and uh, kept on going, and, and uh, drove another couple hours, and stopped to get gas, and I Went and checked, and you know, that guy clipped my front bumper. There's a, a scuff mark on there where he hit, he hit that bumper cover, and I just say, thank you, Lord. Because we were going way too fast to be having any, any quick stops. And uh, thank you, Lord. I didn't even realize that he had actually hit uh, uh, my truck. And all basically was, was paint damage, really no damage to this. So he just a, a, a graze, but at 70 miles an hour, you don't want to be swapping paint with somebody next door to you. Amen. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you, I'm not a NASCAR guy, even though I like to watch a race now and then, but anyhow, but anyhow. So, but you know, we don't know what the Lord's protecting us from. If I had left five minutes sooner or five minutes earlier, I would, I would never have caught that guy, but that's the way it is. But he protected, I believe he protected me last night heading down the road, uh, and, and uh, God's protecting us. Uh, I believe that he's trying to sustain us and bring us to the moment where he wants to be. Do we believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do we believe that this evening, uh, that he is the same? Uh, he's the same God. So uh, let's just stand on our feet if you real quick. We're going to read Genesis 39, verse number 2. Just respect. i got a lot of verses tonight, so I'm not going to have you stand for all of them. But to look at verse number two and to kind of give us an intro into where we're headed tonight. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. He was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And there are a number of things I see in this verse that we could spend a lot of time on, but I really want to concentrate on the fact that the Lord was with him. And he was second in control of the house here. And he was a prosperous man. It doesn't mean... He had a lot of wealth. His life was prosperous in what he was doing and what he was doing there in, in, the, uh, uh, in the Potiphar's house. Thank you, Lord, so much for the word of God. Help us this evening as we look into it to be encouraged tonight that as you're with Joseph, you long to show yourself to be with us also. And I ask you to bless now in your name I pray. Amen. Go ahead. You can be seated. Keep your Bible open there. We're going to read a number. We're actually going to go through chapter 39 tonight for the lesson this evening. But we go back to why was Joseph in Egypt? Talked about this a few weeks ago, and we talked about this thought. If you go back to chapter 37 and read about his brothers, and I kind of jump ahead in my notes here, but we talk about his brothers, how they sold him into slavery, and thank the Lord for one and one to spare his life and not kill him. But, but at the end of the day, could you imagine Joseph saying, why am I here? Have you ever been there? Why am, I say this often, why am I in North Carolina? It must be funny, you don't, you don't catch him here. Uh, but I say, why, why am I here? Well, I know why I'm here, because the Lord directed me here. Now, I didn't get sold into slavery. You know, sometimes the way you treat Yankees, I'm a little worried about that. But, but, I, but uh, I surely believe with all my heart that the Lord directed us here uh, for a reason and for a purpose. And why, why? God was in the process of going to build a great nation of Israel. And we're talking hundreds of years later 
But God's getting Israel ready through Joseph. Of all the places, God was going to do some work. He was going to do some work in Egypt. A heathen, God-hating, true God-hating, forsaken people who worshipped every animal in the world. That's where God sent Joseph White. And I believe God sent him there to show himself strong. Say, man couldn't do this, but God can there are some statements here that I see here in, in chapter 39 that I want to read again real quickly uh, and talk about this life of Joseph and what God thought of him. Verse number three there. And his master saw that what? That the Lord was with him and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And I do believe with all my heart that if you, uh, uh, I don't necessarily mean sell out, but if you buy in to what God has for you, I do believe your life will be prosperous. And I don't mean when it comes about money either, by the way. But your life will prosper, whatever you may be endeavoring to do, if you put the God in the right place. Verse number five. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all uh, that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake. And we see it over again through Scripture, don't we? Where someone's blessed because of a believer being in the presence Let's go on. Uh, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house, in the field. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Of course, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but also I'm just showing you these phrases in Scripture. Now he's in prison after uh, uh, Potiphar's wife accused him of uh, uh, falsely, he finds himself in prison. Look what it says there. But the Lord was with Joseph, and, sh- and he showed him mercy. See, you would think that in a world of almost 7 billion people, that you are alone, and God is a million miles away from you. But one of God's children, I hope you allow the Lord to show you the opportunity let him speak to you through his spirit and what he has for you. I love that. As I was reading, telling you a little while ago about listening to uh, uh, 1 Kings 18 this morning about the prophets of Baal, but then you go into chapter 19 and it talks about that the Lord wasn't in the wind. The Lord wasn't in the fire. The Lord was that still, small voice speaking to him. And I Again, was reminded as I was listening to that this morning, reminded about the fact that God uh, uh, has directions for us if we're willing to listen to that still, small voice. And come to realize that God is with you no matter where you may be. And the Lord is with you, and he has brought you to this place, this place because he desires to do a wonderful work in your life. I mentioned already, the story starts back in 37 with Joseph being sold by his brothers but who would have thought what happens to him in his life? So let's look at some notes here quickly uh, about Joseph. Number one, we see this. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour of loneliness. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour of loneliness. Joseph was, was following his father's wishes. He only desired to see his brothers and, and kind of find out what was going on with them, and then go back and let his dad know what was happening. He was just doing what he might really mind his own business. It was not Joseph's fault that his dad favored him. It wasn't Joseph's fault that he gave him a coat of many colors. 
wasn't Joseph's fault that he was able to uh, stay back at home and attend uh, the daddy's business and even go out there and be messenger boy. But just like any one of us, his brothers were caught with envy. And then I guess it was his fault when he told his brothers about the dream he had. <laughs> because they said, behold, the dreamer cometh. So, so maybe uh, that may have been. But listen, uh, his desire was for his brothers to love him. His desire was to have the same love that his father had for him and to have that amongst the family. And we know that when he came to them, they thought evil against him. Uh, and I'm sure he's wondering, why am I being abandoned by my own family? They wanted to kill him. And what brings a, a brother to the point that you... Listen, what brings a brother to the point he wants to kill another brother because he may be favored by their dad. It's not like Joseph stole their wife. It's not like Joseph killed one of their animals. It's not like Joseph stole something of theirs. It was just because he was favored uh, uh, from his dad and his brothers, listen, wanted to kill him. And I, I think I have three brothers in, in, uh, and I'm not sure who the favorite who the favorite son may have been than my mom. Uh, of course, you know the story. My dad passed away in, in the 70s. And, but I don't know who the favorite, but I know my stepfather. He favors my next older brother. He always has. Even though I'm the one at the house working, I'm the one helping them uh, get things fixed. I was the one over there because I, I guess I was closest. But he still favored the one who lives in Texas. You know what I mean? But, I, so, but I'm not thinking, I'm going to go kill that brother of mine because he's favored over me when my, my stepfather goes. Uh, I, I never, never even dream of that. I wouldn't even think about that. I wouldn't, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, oh, why would I say that? Just because he may have been, uh, he may have been the favorite. And of course, God stopped them uh, from killing him and, and, uh, uh, and getting rid of him, but they threw him in a pit. They sold him for money. He goes to Egypt with a bunch of people, the Ishmaelites, and as far as they know, They'll never see him again. Now, do you don't think that would make you lonely? Where your brothers sold you off? And now you're going to a foreign country, a heathen country with a bunch of people. You don't even know who these people are. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be pretty low. You're going to be low. How in the world could God allow such a thing to happen? As we read a while back a few weeks ago, a 17-year-old boy uh, who left the care of his father, and then he was sold. We just can't seem to, words can't describe how lonely Joseph must have been thinking, I'm never going to see my dad again. Never going to see my brothers again so I get even with them. I'm never going to be able to enjoy the family life. And all I did was go out to see how things were going. Think about your home. Think about uh, one day uh, being carried away to some heathen place. And maybe the fond memories that you have, how lonely would you would be, uh, and then you wouldn't know anybody. And you don't speak the same language, by the way, either. There's no doubt as he's being carried away to Egypt, his thoughts of his home and his father, uh, and he wondered, how in the world could this be happening to me? And if they ever loved him, how could they have done such a terrible thing to him? There is no doubt 
humanly speaking, he had to be extremely lonely. Many people in our world today are lonely. And I do believe, and now we're going to understand today, we're going to call all these issues mental disease now, uh, like addictions or, or addictions. You know, we're not going to call things sin anymore. We've got a better name for them. And I do believe there is mental illness. And I do believe, and I do believe if you, uh, listen, if you don't follow the ways of the Lord, uh, mentally you get messed up. And I do believe if you are a Christian and you get involved with some doctrines as Scripture teaches us, uh, that'll mentally, uh, that'll, that'll mess with your head mentally. And you'll be put into a delusional state. And you'll do things you never thought you would do as a believer because you believe this lie of a perverted Scripture. But we don't talk about it today either anymore, do we? Be careful where you fall and where you follow because it, it can end up in a place you want to be at. But some live with family and they're still lonely. And some work jobs with, with a number of people working at your jobs. You're not the only one there. Maybe in a factory type setting where you know, there's 50, 60 of you or, or even a small office and you still feel lonely. And Joseph was lonely being carried down to Egypt away from his home and his family. And even in his hours of loneliness, the Lord was still with him. And just as the Lord was with him, he promised never to leave him or to forsake him. See, you feel the loneliest. When you feel the loneliest, I believe God becomes real to you. God brings us through some times of loneliness and allows us to uh, get to the place where it seems like there's no one else in the world who really cares. And then we realize how he cares. And we know that he is with us, with us each step of the way. I don't know tonight, and I'm not preaching you should be doing this or following this, but I don't know, have you ever spent a night praying and reading your Bible, spending time with the Lord? I mean, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, in a nice quiet place. I've been there a number of times. I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for God, that's a lonely time at 3 o'clock in the morning with nothing else around. But thank God for his word. Thank God for him. And you've been all prayed out. You don't know what else to pray about or what else is bothering you. And, and I've done it a number of times, seeking God's will and way in, in, our, in my life, our family's life, what would have us to do. And I don't want to do anything uh, uh, that he would not have us doing. But it's a, it's a time, I believe, fasting and these sleepless times like this are times to where you give up something you may truly enjoy or long for is when you really find out uh, life is really lonely. I wish I could say to you this morning that, or this evening at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, God all of a sudden blows a trumpet and says, here I am right down beside you. I think I'll be honest with you, it's pretty lonely. It's pretty lonely. But then, not necessarily the sun comes up, necessarily a truth in the word of God, or something comes along, or a peace comes upon you. It's like, it's okay. It's a lonely time. This is where Joseph's at in his life. 
He has no idea what's the next step in his life. So number one, the Lord was with Joseph in his hour of loneliness. Number two, we're going to see the Lord's with Joseph in the hour of uncertainty. The Lord's with Joseph in the hour of uncertainty. Proverbs 27, 1 says, Boast not thyself on the morrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. So, so his uncertainty, he's going somewhere, he has no idea what's going to happen. You been there? Joseph lived through a time of not knowing exactly what was going to happen to him. Try to imagine yourself in Joseph's place. You're going somewhere you've never been. You don't know where you're going. You don't have road map or GPS, by the way, to tell you where you're even headed. You got these people, these foreigners taking you away. They're dragging you away. What's going to happen to you? Not realizing you can get sold again. And it's totally uncertain what's happening in his life. Life brings us many hours of uncertainty. Look at verse number one there of our chapter. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's captain of the guard of the Egyptian, bought him uh, of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought, uh, brought him down thither. So here he goes. He sold to the Ishmaelites. He gets to this place, this foreign place, and he's bought by somebody else. He's been sold twice now. He's thinking, man, where, where am I heading in life? Where am I going? Uncertainty. You ever been there? Uncertainty. Not knowing what's next. You ever been there in life? I've been there in life. Oh, it's not been uncertainty that I didn't have a place to stay. It's not been uncertain that I didn't have food on the table. It's not been uncertain that I didn't have uh, a wherewithal to take care of our fam- my family. But uh, I've been uncertainty, where am I going next? What am I doing next? What am I supposed to do next? Now, I'm just going to give you a simple little trick. I'll tell you this. If you'll just work, God will take care of the rest. If you're a lazy rascal, you're in a heap of a lot of trouble. I found in my life that when I didn't know it was uncertainty about what was going to happen, I'm going to go find me a job. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Count beans, pop popcorn, do whatever I got to do. To make a living. Why? To make this thing go. Then God comes along and says, that guy's not lazy. That guy has got some initiative. And I got something for him. He kind of leads and directs you where you want to go. And, uh, but here is uh, poor uh, uh, Joseph. He has no control. He has no control of what's happening to him. Now, Potiphar here, he's an interesting character. Not only was he a soldier in the high ranking, as a high-ranking soldier, he was a captain. Not only a captain in an army, but he was uh, of the Egyptian army, but he was a captain of the guard. This was a special group of soldiers uh, that were assigned to guard Pharaoh. Historians tell us that certain officers were chosen specifically for this job. It could be as many as a thousand-man army to protect Pharaoh. Uh, And this is who Potiphar was. He was a captain of these men. I think he, if you went talk to him, he was a real man. He was a fighting man. He was a brave and courageous man. Probably a little rough kind of a man. Probably someone didn't know exactly how to say everything the proper way. He probably wasn't PC at all. Okay? And didn't care either, by the way. But uh, he, he was a probably a rough man who was deliberate in his actions and his speech, a man who was in charge of hundreds of men, and uh, he knew exactly where he wanted to go. So Joseph only knew of the living 
with his father taking care of him and being treated very well, but now he finds himself in the household of this rough, tough Egyptian. And God was working in the life of Joseph to get him ready for something great he must do. Listen, we talked about this before, I think, uh, last time, about how God uses these things in our lives to give us the experience we need for later on in life. It's amazing how much smarter I am today than I was 30 years ago. Anybody there? It's amazing how much more I can control my mouth now more than I did 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I just told you what I was thinking. Now I put it together. I calculate the response. I make sure what's going to happen if I say this, blah, blah, blah. I put all that. Okay, I just keep my mouth shut. Right? Anybody, anybody guilty of that? Or some of you are still, you're still calculating and you're still speaking out. <laughs> yes, you should speak out, but calculation is how should I speak out? How should I say something? Very important. And I just, a little inside, my, my, my son-in-law is having a little trouble. He pastors a church and he was having a little trouble, and, he, uh, and I know him very well, and he called me for some help and some advice about something. I said, well, first thing you need to do, Matt, is you need to stop and think about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And he got real quiet on the other end of the phone. He said, yeah, you know, I got a problem with that. <laughs> he said, I'm pretty much like a bull in a china closet. And I, just, just, I, just, I said, yeah, I know you are. So before you say something like this and you start something you don't want to start, you make sure you think about it, you plan it out, and you got to confront it. You can't not say nothing. That's the worst thing you do is not say something. But you got to say it the right way, and whatever happens, happens. Don't just do it out of anger. Make sure you plan what you say. And uh, he said, it was funny because he said, yeah, I know. So I said, anyhow, it was good. But, you know, God here is working uh, in Joseph's life here. Maybe he's going through this rough uh, uh, patch here with, with uh, Potiphar so he can learn how to deal with the Egyptian people. He's going to live with them the rest of his life. And God's working in his life to get him ready for something he's going to do. In an hour of uncertainty, God was still there. Here was a little Hebrew slave who came uh, all the way from the Can- land of Canaan, uh, the land of Egypt, and one of the mightiest uh, soldiers took him in to his house to work for him. He actually, uh, actually a slave for him, but God was still with him in his hour of uncertainty. And God never forsakes his own. And we may drift away from him. And we may have come to the place where we are no longer uh, responsive to the things of the Lord. And we do not feel the closeness of the spirit like we once did. But it does not mean there's still not a God in heaven will never forsake us and never leave us. The Lord is with us in our hour of uncertainty. There are moments when we do not know what to do, where to turn, or what decisions to make. We've got to remember Joseph's life. And put your faith in Jesus Christ and not worry about the uncertain days. Are we his child? Do we belong to him? Have we sought to honor him? Is God with you in the hour of certainty? Then let me just tell you, whatever happens, happens. Verse number two, there in chapter 39. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, uh, the Egyptian, and his master saw the Lord was, listen, his master saw, 
a heathen guy, right? Saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Not only was the Lord with him, but Potiphar was a witness to what was going on in Joseph's life, and he's a slave. On certain days, but yet Joseph still being the Christian, he's supposed to be in a heathen uh, uh, home, if you would, ran by uh, 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 a heathen god. I keep saying that, but of course I don't understand. They're very religious. They worship a lot of gods, so please take, please take it that way from me. But uh, here he is, and yet he realizes that God was with this guy from Canaan. And when God has his hand on someone, as I mentioned already, other people can see it. God blessed everything that Joseph did. You see, when Joseph moved into Potiphar's house, he brought God with him. And God blessed the household of Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Listen, uh, when we show up somewhere, is God with us? Is God with us? Even in the hour of uncertainty? Verse number four, Joseph found grace in, this, in his sight and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put unto his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon him and all that he had in the house and in the fields. Listen, this house, this guy was getting become more prosperous, becoming even better because Joseph being there. The slave, if you would, now had become a master in his own way. And the household of Potiphar, of all the people working for the captain of the guard, Joseph was the one in Potiphar's house. He was over everything. Think how God worked in the hour of uncertainty. Number three, not only was he there for uh, uncertainty and uh, loneliness, number three, the Lord was with Joseph in the hour of temptation. The hour of temptation. There's no temptation, temptation taking you such as man, right, that you can't handle, right? Joseph practiced that verse. He wrote Corinthians before we even had Corinthians, right? Verse number seven. And it came to pass after all these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. She must have been a humdinger, huh? But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wanteth not what, what, is, uh, what is with me in the house and hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is no greater in this house than I, neither hath he, hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness? And I love this part, we'll talk about this in a second, and sin against God. Listen, the devil wants to bring bring together our weaknesses so we can be tempted for evil. Well, the devil cannot know spiritually what's going on inside of you. He can tell by your actions what your weaknesses are. And he's sure going to bring them your direction so he can tempt you in your weaknesses. Every one of us have different weaknesses. Everyone else have things that, that we're weak about when it comes to sin, and others are not. So the devil keeps track of our actions, and I don't know what he was thinking about tempting Joseph. I mean, here's a guy that's going through all this, and he's going to try, well, let me throw a woman at him, see what he does with this, right? 
As he's just throwing stuff, trying to see what Joseph's going to get into. This is what he sought to do in the life of Joseph, was tempting him. However, God was with Joseph in his hour of temptation. He told her that her husband had brought him into the house, put everything into his hand, except for you. I like the fact also that Joseph confronted it. He didn't run from it. He said, all this is mine except for you. I'm just telling you right now, you're off limits. With me? Sometimes our problem is we don't tell, tell things they're off limits. Right? We don't say they're off limits. Oh, it can't be. As, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. Anyhow, jo, the jo, to Joseph, God was, was as real to him in Egypt as he was back in Hebron. And he said, how can I sin against? And I love this part. I won't spend all the time on here because I did this before a few, uh, a few times ago. But he said, I'm not going to sin uh, against you. I'm not going to sin against Potiphar. I'm not going to sin against my own body. I'm going to sin against God if I do this. And I said this a few times ago. If you realize, if you'll say to yourself, I am not sinning against anybody else when I do this. I am sinning against the God who loved me and sent his son to die for me. You'll think twice about giving a temptation before you do it. Well, it's not that bad. I'll get whatever. You keep telling yourself that lie. But you'd be sinning against God. But most of all, he didn't want to sin against God. Joseph said, I cannot do this. In the hour of temptation, the Lord was with him. I've already mentioned 1 Corinthians 10, 13, about there are taken no temptation, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not let you be tempted above what you can handle. But I think sometimes we don't believe that. But there have been much teaching on being able to bear temptation and escaping it. But the fact is, the Bible says, the reason this is possible is that God is faithful. In Joseph's hour of temptation, the Lord was with him. Joseph gave Mrs. Potiphar the speech. Of course, it didn't satisfy her. But he said, listen, I can't sin. I can't do this sin because it's not you. It's not me. It's not Potiphar. It's God. Verse 10 and it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. I think she may have changed her plea and said, you know, well, how about if you don't want to do this with me, how about you spend some more time with me? I'm lonely. Historians tell us that in ancient Egyptians, women had as much liberty as as women in America have today. In some countries, of course, the custom was women had to stay a certain place and do a certain thing. They couldn't do this and they couldn't do that. But Egyptian women were not that way. They had freedom, if you would, in a particular manner. And if the Egyptian women could do as they pleased in this particular matter. So verse 11, it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do business, and there was none of the men of the house therein. Uh-oh. Opportunity, right? Uh, no one's going to see what's happening. She's going to try again. He was alone in the house with her and, uh, and, and, he, and, and away from all the family and, and all the soldiers that were there, and she was free to do as she pleased. Verse 12, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And, and he left his garment in her hand, and he fled and got out. Listen. Joseph may have lost his coat, 
but he didn't lose his character. You may lose something, but you don't have to lose who you are. And it came to pass, verse 13, it came to pass when she saw that, that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth. Then she does the second thing. She's going to lie about him. Help, help. Right? Help, help. Right? You can't get what you want. You cry wolf and you, you make some false accusations against somebody so they get in trouble. We don't think about that today, do we? She was a liar, but God was with him in this hour of temptation. And you may be in an awful mess, and things may be getting worse, but no matter the temptation that comes, we have the power of the Holy Spirit available to overcome that. We can have victory if we choose to do so. The Lord does not forsake us in our weak hours. We turn to him and figure out some way to get through this. So the uh, Lord was with them as our temptation when he was in certain times and in loneliness. Number four, and lastly, the Lord was with Joseph in the hour of great disappointment. Great disappointment. Have you ever been disappointed? I can tell by the look on your face, not a person here has ever been disappointed. In fact, right now you're saying, I am so disappointed. I wish he'd hurt and get done so we can go home. But one thing you know for sure, you'll be out of here early, right? You, I will not disappoint you in that area. Why is that? I don't know. I just, that's just who I am. But have you ever been disappointed with people? Have you ever been disappointed with yourself? Joseph was faithful to God. He lived for the Lord when no one else was around and watching him. He was faithful to do the right thing. He was faithful when other men of weaker character would have yielded. And what did he receive for his faithfulness? Verse 16. She laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. She said, I'm going to keep this coat. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. By the time Potiphar came home, she devised this horrible scheme to destroy him. Listen, I'm going to be very honest about this. Sometimes doing right doesn't always work out. Sometimes doing the right thing doesn't always work out, folks. I'm just going to, uh, what's that bumper sticker I love to quote? Uh, uh, what's it, what does it say? Uh, life's not fair, then you, no, life's hard, then you die. Yeah, life's hard, then you die. It's all that 30 years ago, I haven't forgot it yet. And she spoke in verse 17 through 19. She talked about what's happening. Uh, I lifted up my voice and said, he left his garment and he fled from here, this man you brought in our house. And, and he was so angry. Potiphar was so angry at Joseph after this. Uh, verses 20 through, uh, I'm kind of rushing through this, through 23, uh, he ends up finding himself in prison. Overall, this, you know the story, so I won't spend time reading it tonight. But listen, God is with you in your hour of disappointment. He's with you. To Joseph, God was real down in Egypt. He was real in Potiphar's house as he was back in Hebron, the house of, of Jacob where he grew up at. He was just as real there as he, as he felt now. And listen, you may be disappointed in life, but the Lord is with you. 
the Lord is with you. Not only was the Lord with Joseph, but also Potiphar was a witness to the fact that the Lord was with Joseph. Didn't the Bible say that Potiphar saw what was going on with Joseph? Say, man, what's up with this guy? I mean, this guy is so special. And listen, the Lord is there, even though you're lonely. The Lord is there, even though there are times of uncertainty. And the Lord is there, even though there are times that you just can't figure out of temptation what I'm going to do to win this thing. But also, fourthly deceived, and the Lord is also with you in times of disappointment. Have you ever been disappointed about you? Not only was Lord Joseph uh, uh, there, but as I mentioned, Potiphar was a witness, and others were a witness of what was going on there. When God has his hand on someone, other people can see it. You ever been disappointed? I'll tell you this story real quick and we're done. I went, when my, and of course, I mentioned the other day that Andrew and I went to Bible college together, being a married couple, and got out of college and got our first uh, uh, full time ministry job, is actually in North Charleston, South Carolina. And we packed up everything, and at that time, our two boys, and we moved on down. Never been to South Carolina in my life. I never been to Hades before either. You know what I'm talking about? You've been down there? I talked to the pastor on the phone. I knew the pastor. I met him uh, at a high school uh, uh, camp. He spoke at a high school camp I was teaching at. And I met him there, and we talked. And, and uh, we talked on the phone back and forth a little bit. Didn't really know him that well. And didn't know the church. I hadn't been seen the church. I would advise not to do that. But when you're young and dumb, as I said a little while ago, you just do things on the spur of the moment. So... And yeah, we packed up from college and we moved on down there and uh, got the ministry. I wasn't there a week. And I was already disappointed about the ministry. I said, are you kidding me? This is how it is? They didn't tell me this at college. And you say, well, what was disappointing? Well, I'll, I'll be real quick. I promise you, I won't spend all the time. We, we got down there to uh, uh, North Carolina or South Carolina. It was on a uh, uh, Thursday. I think we pulled in. The pastor had been looking for a place for us to, to move, to rent, to stay in. And that, that was just the, the uh, year after Hugo, the summer after Hugo had came through. So how so long ago that was, if you remember that. And uh, so found housing down there. It was hard to do and all that stuff. And he did find us a place, but we couldn't move in uh, for another week or something like that. Well, I was going to get on the bus Sunday afternoon with the teenagers to go back to youth conference, back to where I just came from 16 hours away. I leave my wife and two little boys with a bunch of people who we didn't know. Right? With me? Got the picture? Now, thankfully, my wife has always been a trooper. We did get to stay with the family. The lady was a teacher at the school there, and her husband was a deacon. He was a, he was a good fellow. But anyhow, it was a good situation uh, for that, for her to stay there. And they actually, the churchmen moved her in the house we were renting while, we were, while I was gone. Thank the Lord for that. Amen? I didn't have to move again. But anyhow, except for fleas. Fleas, fleas on the carpet. But anyhow, that's another story. 
But I'm on the bus, an old 70-some passenger, yellow, retired school bus, but now a church bus. You know what I'm talking about? We're going 16 hours back to youth conference, right? You with me? I'm sitting in the front seat, uh, seat to the uh, right here, the driver. We got a guy here. He must have just came out of the woods when, we got, when I got there. He had camo on from his, from his feet to his head, drinking Pepsi and spitting sunflower seeds into a bottle, driving the bus. I'm thinking, where in the world am I at? But this disappointment's this. I was, the pastor and his wife were driving their car. They weren't going to ride the bus with us. <laughs> Should have told me something. But anyhow, I'm sitting beside a man. First time I really met him, talked to him, he was the youth pastor. He was a layman youth pastor from the church. Uh, he was uh, in the Navy down there at that time. Uh, at that moment, he's getting ready to, to resign and be out. But uh, anyhow, uh, he's about my age. He's, not, he's now pastoring in Arkansas. Good guy. And we're talking as we're driving up 26 out of Hades back to heaven, I mean Hammond, and... Uh, and as we're traveling, I said, he tells me a little story. I said, what's going on? He said, uh, I said, what's, what's your story? What's happening? And I said, is your wife here on the bus with us? And he said, no, my wife is in the hospital. I said, your wife's in the hospital? He said, yeah. I said, do you have any children? He said, yeah, we have two boys. They happen to be about the age of our boys. Who's watching your kids? Well, some lady from the church. We're going to be gone all week. And then we talked a little while longer. He said, yeah, my wife is in the mental ward at the hospital. She had a breakdown. And she used to work at the school that the church had. And there was a bunch of mess and stories I didn't know anything about until I showed up that was happening there at that place. And I'm going to tell you, I've never been so disappointed to think that a pastor would treat a layman youth pastor that way and make him get on a bus with 48 teenagers and drive 16 hours to a youth conference that was more important than his wife who had a breakdown in the hospital and his two boys. Andrew, I just talked about this traveling up to Pennsylvania the other day. I was never more disappointed about the ministry than I was at that point. To the point I was ready to go back, pack my truck back up, and go somewhere else. But folks, that's the reality of people. And that's the reality of working with people. You're going to be dis disappointed. But I can promise you this. The Lord will be with you. The Lord will be with you. Thank you, Lord, so much for the word of God this evening. We thank you for the life here of Joseph and how you are with him through this whole ordeal, as we're going to talk about in weeks to come. The loneliness, the uncertainty, the temptation, and then being disappointed. You're with him, and I thank you for it. Thank you that you, if we'll just set our sights on you, and we'll just live with you, that as we go through all these things, as Joseph did, you can be with us also. 
in our day-to-day life. We thank you for it. Thank you for the promise. We thank you for this evening now. In your precious name I pray tonight. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.